<laughs> okay, welcome everybody to the With Love Podcast. I am Steven. Uh, everything's going well today. To my left, we have David. And to yo, his yo, left, yo, yo. we have Amber. And to her left, we have Myron. That's a lot of lefts. Uh, that's a lot of <laughs> But, but we still right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And so, uh, this is the Do Everything With Love Podcast. All right? We are a community learning, growing, and engaging community around relevant discussions sourced from books read for creatives in today's culture. Love God. Love people. Do everything with love. Let's get this joint started. All righty, all righty. So, uh, you know, we are in on our second book this episode. And uh, before we get started, of course, I want to check in with, with my, my fellow colleagues here, bandmates and uh, president of Let Love Rise Foundation. Why don't we go ahead and start with you, Heather? How have things been with you lately? Good. Um, I've been working through the process of changing my name. It's legally changed, like through Social Security Administration. But now it's just the whole process of changing it everywhere else, which is definitely tedious. A job. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And for those that, of you that are just tuning in, she just got married. Hey. Yeah. So, yeah. And when, when did you get married? December 30th, 2021. Yeah, so you're... Just before the New Year's. Okay, yes. But other than that, um, been a little sluggish today. Mm. Took some Zyrtec, um, side effects are dizziness and drowsiness. <laughs> feel that so drowsiness. So if I look drowsy, <laughs> please bear with me. I don't think I'll ever take Zyrtec again. Yeah, we've learned today Amber doesn't do well with Zyrtec. <laughs> <laughs> How, how many uh, shots of espresso did you have this morning? I had three shots of espresso, and I'm still tired. Your tank. And you took two yes. naps? <laughs> two naps, yes. As we were preparing for this this podcast, I took two naps, and I still feel drowsy. It's ridiculous. I'll mm. never take Zyrtec again. That's crazy. Anyway, but how you doing? You're here to bounce back. I'm here to bounce back. All right, all right. How you doing, Myron? I'm good. I'm staying away from Zyrtec. Uh, <laughs> never had a need. I'm, I'm not a, a, a coffee or any kind of caffeine person, so I don't even understand the need for it. Not really. even tea? Not even tea. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just, if I don't have the energy, I go to sleep. Yeah, I'm not a coffee person either. <laughs> I like green tea myself. It's so, yeah. It doesn't give me a jolt. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even a tea person. I love the jolt. Yeah, as of recently, I guess within the past year or two, that jolt's been like, oh, it's like a legal drug. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it, it is. Well, yeah, coffee. it is. Caffeine is a drug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. So. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. And my man Wadi, what's up? I'm good. Uh, anything terribly new going on? I'm out here, man. Just you know, chilling. <laughs> chilling. Out these like yeah, uh, and for me, I'll say that, uh, yeah, I'm, I've am i been just busy with work and music and being married. It's basically my life. Um, and I'm not complaining. It's a full life. It's a full life, though, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And, and somehow, somewhere along the way, I became uh, an owner of a dog. Uh, <laughs> Maggie, sometimes she we argue back and forth about whether I'm, her, I'm the dog's dad or not, but... Um, I prefer to be the dog's owner. That's just my <laughs> my personal. Oh, so is Maggie the the mom? Yeah, the dog's mom. She's the dog mom, and I'm the dad. I'm the dog owner. And you're the just the, 
<laughs> the dude in the house. <laughs> the dog landlord. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't do that dog dad stuff. <laughs> it's just too close for comfort. Too close. Um, it's too close. They, we'd be seeing you getting getting touchy feeling. Hey, well, the I mean, it would be wrong. I mean, a the dog has owner. definitely <laughs> grown on me over the years for sure. It's been what? It's, it's been. We got the dog in 2019, like I think. Yeah. So, three yeah. years old. Got him with pup. But anyways. Uh, yeah, that's my life in a nutshell, but uh, I'm glad to be here with y'all. And so uh, we are about to just kick it off with a new book called hey. Contagious. Yeah. Um, yeah, by Jonah Berger, right? Is that, mm-hmm. Did I say the author's name right? Yep. yep. New York Times bestseller. Uh, but, uh, Mari, can you tell us more about what Contagious Yes, yes. Uh, our book, as David said, Contagious, Why Things Catch On. And we got a little brief summary. This book is perfect for anyone who wants to learn more about how things spread, uh, ideas and brand awareness, how to grow your customer base. Um, a Wharton marketing professor is our author, Jonah Berger, and he explains what certain ideas and products and stories become popular. And he has uh, six principal mechanics that we'll go over as we do the podcast. Um, today, we'll be focusing on two of which will be social currency and triggers, but all of them, they, we have uh, social currency, triggers, emotional, uh, excuse me, emotion, practical value, public, and stories. Six. So, six, and we'll be hitting two today. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, um... I know uh, this was a recommendation actually that Wadi had brought up. Wadi, what what made you want to pick this book, Contagious? Yeah, yeah. We were meeting one day, and I believe we were talking about uh, Nipsey Hussle and how he came out with a hundred dollar album, I believe, and how he got the idea from a hundred dollar um, cheesesteak uh, out in Philly. Somebody did that, and it went viral, and sales you know popped off that sort of deal. And so. Um, looking into that and reading some articles, we're like, oh, he got that idea from a book, and because he's you know he's a prolific reader, he was always reading and uh, getting new ideas. And this was the book he got it from, so we're like, hey, we should probably read this and see what else is in here, what other nuggets of wisdom might be in here. And it's, I think, super relevant for these days and times, as everyone is uh, a content creator almost to some degree. Um, so Pretty figuring nice. out what goes viral or catches on is probably very important and so the journey begins so tribute to late the late great nipsey hustle um i know that he was you know an amazing prolific entrepreneur in his community um for sure and uh i know that uh jc was very impressed by him and by like well, how, how many albums like 10 i think albums or something like that or 100 albums um just just because he was impressed by just his boldness to you know say hey my album's worth a hundred dollars and it worth nothing less yeah that's right yeah jay-z did buy like a significant batch i believe yeah 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 yeah. and um and i think that's just as content creators i know um especially as musicians you know i i think our our what we create has been devalued right to to pennies less than pennies uh and so i think that's become the norm but what would it mean to actually think about what you create what is the actual value of it you know and and how can you market that how can you how can you actually benefit from that and turn that into an actual uh feasible business right profitable business business and uh, jonah berger you know i think he's been, this book here has been brilliant I, I you know it's funny you know as he talks about how things go viral i just love how this book is orange yeah. well that's another very interesting point there is a i think some sort of 
connection with the color orange and energy. I forgot mm. what it was, but you see orange a lot, I think, these days. If there's a documentary, I think, on Netflix that talks about the Fire Festival, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And how they talk about how their the way they promoted it on Instagram was it was just a, a block of orange yeah. huh. post. And there was nothing on it. But yet people stopped what they're scrolling to look at that block and then I guess the stuff was in the caption Mm -hmm. about the festival Um, and so I just think that there is and they spoke to the color something viral right about the color orange and how it pops compared to the rest of everything else so Mm. anyways uh, you know I say all that to say Joda Berger knows what he's talking about here right (laughs) Um, and so we're gonna get into this book here uh, about contagious why things catch on all right. So uh, we'll take this. There's only six chapters in the book, and we're going to take it two chapters at a time in, the, in each of our episodes. And so uh, chapter one, uh, which, is, which is what I'm covering, <laughs> social currency. How do we get people talking and make our products and ideas catch on? Um, and so one of the factors that, that was really most interesting to me was about remarkability. And it's defined as an unusual, extraordinary, or worthy of notice or, or attention, right? So as an example, there was the $100 cheesesteak in Philly that, that Wadi just referenced earlier. And what made it so remarkable was the fact that how can a Philly cheesesteak be ever worth $100, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The fact that p- people already associate cheesesteaks with Philly, right? And people already know how much a cheesesteak costs. What makes this cheesesteak so special? Well, the fact that it was $100 is what got people talking about it in the first place, right? And so um, remarkability is, uh, has a lot. He talks about remarkability as uh, an innate human desire to be relevant, to be liked, right? That to, be, to sound interesting to others. So if we're in a conversation, if you want to be that interesting guy in the room, that interesting guy in the room has something cool to say. So uh, with this Philly cheesesteak as an example, you know, the fact that it was $100, what made it $100? Well, apparently, I mean, the guy made, he used all the, the prime, the pre, you know, premium ingredients, you know, from the cheese, to the meats, to the bread. One no right? canned cheese whiz. Nah, it was no canned cheese. I do like canned cheese whiz, but either way, um, I know that's a debate in Philly, but <laughs> it's got a flavor. And I, and I believe it was bison. Was yeah, bison something like that. Something like that. But here's the thing, though: people talked about it, and because it was being talked about so much, it was he. People were actually buying a hundred dollar cheesesteak because they were just just out of plain curiosity about curiosity. how much does a hundred dollar cheesesteak cost? I mean, taste like what does it taste yeah. like? Um, so, uh, there's been other examples like black toilet paper, right? Um, where it's like, who uses black toilet paper? But the fact that you're talking about it, right? The whole point of this is to get people talking about it because it sounds interesting because it sounds not normal, right? Um, if I was to talk to you about regular toilet paper, I mean, there's a million other, there's a million brands out there that represents, you know, a piece of toilet paper. But if I'm talking about a black toilet paper, we already know you're going to Google black toilet paper and figure out exactly who's been doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And does it even work? You know, that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, that's... The practicality. <laughs> but it is novel. Yeah. Joining the Do Everything With Love podcast. If you'd like to continue to take the journey with us, 
please hit us up at With Love across all streaming platforms. Our music is everywhere, all right? And if you want a physical copy, hit us up at bandcap.com and you might even score yourself a signed copy of our album. Thanks. Um, so the question that came to my mind is, how hard is it to make something remarkable, you know? Because I feel like the most remarkable things are not necessarily the most complicated things, right? They're not the most technically, you know, savvy things. I don't know. I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on, on that? Because I know every, every entrepreneur out there is trying to make their products remarkable. But yeah. how hard is it actually to do that? Well, it ain't easy because otherwise everybody would be doing it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to have a, a solid awareness of, um, of, of your product and, like, what, what sets it apart from, from everything else. You know, like you're talking about black toilet paper. There's everybody's got that white one ply or two ply, you know, <laughs> two ply, baby. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, if you to come out with a product like that, you know, you're specifically designing something that's going to set you apart and that'll be different from the pack. And, you know, that that's something that is inherently remarkable. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Any other thoughts on how, you know. How hard is it to make something remarkable? Well, I was thinking it's like, uh, I think the other side of that coin, or maybe not the other side of the coin, but in addition to making something remarkable is the engagement factor. I think we can, I actually don't think it's probably too hard to make something uh, novel or surprising or interesting or something out of the ordinary to get people to talk about it is the, I think the difficult part. Mm -hmm. And this is jumping ahead a little bit to the second chapter, but because something is interesting um, versus boring doesn't mean someone's going to talk about it or uh, a mass amount of people are going to talk about the supposedly interesting, interesting thing over the boring thing. Uh, the additional component there is it has to be linked to something that brings it back up in their brain to make them want the words to come out over and over again. So in, in regards to the Philly cheesesteak, Philly cheesesteaks were very common in Philly. Um, so a $100 cheesesteak, sure, the $100 part is the remarkable part, but the uh, the cue of of yeah, it being in Phil Philadelphia and the common uh, how common it is yeah. is what had people talking about it over and over again. Right, because yeah. I mean, if you go to Philly, what you gonna do when you get to Philly? Get a cheesesteak. Cheese yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 a good, great point, Lottie. That um, brings up the up? point about uh, in the book where they talked about the hot dog restaurant in New York. It's a you know everyday occurrence that you would stop by a hot dog stand they had a restaurant and then that restaurant uh, led to a secret door it's a telephone booth that led to a secret door and it was an actual um, underground bar mm -hmm. oh okay that's what makes it you know remarkable the ordinary like to your point about the cheesesteak a hundred dollar cheesesteak cheesesteak is regular hundred dollar cheesesteak remarkable mm -hmm. hot dog restaurant not remarkable, but a secret door that leads to a bar, remarkable. Yeah. Taking the ordinary and making it remarkable, um, I guess it's one way to, you know, um, to answer the question of uh, how do you make something remarkable or how, dif how difficult is it to make something remarkable? Just think about something ordinary and put a spin on it. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, this is all great uh, discussion because it, it's just – speaks to so much more than a Facebook ad or a Google ad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like these things are, are actual, natural kind of word of mouth, how things actually go viral. Mm 
um, without having to figuring out you know what the algorithm is on on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, it, well, it's kind of like figuring out the human algorithm. Yeah, like how humans naturally work. Yeah, 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 yeah which yeah, is yeah. I find interesting, and yeah. probably a lot of other people clearly since it was a bestseller. Yeah, I actually want to go to the hundred dollar cheesesteak restaurant in Philly, and I want to go to that hot dog restaurant in New York. Okay. Sounds like good trips to go on. Sounds like field trips. <laughs> yeah. Field trip. If they're still doing it. Sounds like we a don't research know. trip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With inflation, a hundred dollar might have gone up. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So uh Myron, what other ways can you know people use social currency to talk and make products and ideas catch on? Okay, yeah. So um one of the key points that they were talking about under social currency was uh, scarcity and exclusivity. And um, I mean, those are very general words that we've heard a thousand times, but that comes to mind uh, FOMO, you know, the fear of missing out things that we're very familiar with in this day and age. Um, one example they brought up in the book that I, that I like and that uh, numerous people, and especially my age group, are very familiar with, McDonald's and the McRib. Yes. The infamous McRib. Mystery meat. Yes. We don't know what it is, but it's so good. I don't know why it's so good. Yeah, I mean, they came up with the sandwich that was for a limited time, and it's it came out. You could only get it through this time, and people were just like pouring, like, I got to get me a McRib before it's gone. I got to, I got to, yeah, you, you lined up and you come for it, and you got to get it before it's gone. And then once it's gone, you don't have access to it. You don't know when it's coming back, and you don't want to be one of those people that's like, dang, I missed it. Oh, man. Right. It's it, it's that FOMO. It builds that fear in you. And, you feel and, like and that's you a gotta topic you can come. talk about in, in any conversation. Yo, have you had the McRib before? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. oh shoot, yeah, I had, oh you, I had never tasted it, but you, oh, yo, remember how? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it almost brings it, brings it to a uh, a place of nostalgia. Yeah, it's it's almost like the old school kind of water cooler talk. It's like, yeah, you know, I saw this, I saw this, and then you don't want to be that person who you didn't experience what everyone else is talking about. Right, you, know, you feel like you left out. So yeah, shout out to Big Ribs. That's shout what, out. That's reminding me. Is I'm, I'm laughing because, uh, what does that sound like? And I thought, you know. But just popped into my head. I think there were actually fights in the store over it. The Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Scarcity. I remember that. Was there... That whole competition between... somebody? Well, over a yeah, chicken sandwich? I think somebody got shot. Yeah. I don't know if anyone died, but yeah. What? Over a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Like, look at what scarcity creates. I don't like Popeye's. I'll take. I'll eat a KFC chicken sandwich before I eat a Popeye's chicken sandwich. You, oh, to you me, one of them Chick Fil A kind of. Yeah, I'm a Chick Fil A. Oh, I don't eat any of that oh, stuff. You anyway. got bougie chicken. Yeah, yeah, I eat Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A all day. I'm sorry. Mm. Even I, though I typically don't eat chicken, but I eat chicken at Chick Fil A. Listen, Popeyes, they got some marketing to do. <laughs> they, they're not looking good. Hot. They're not looking too hot on Insta well, right now. They crushed it with the chicken sandwich. They did. Y'all ain't see that that viral post about Popeyes with the rats going up and down the pipes? I mean, Wait, in the, what? In the, in the Popeyes kitchen? Yeah, that went viral. I didn't see that. I was I mean, like, that's okay. not. Oh, was that like at a singular Popeyes? Uh, yeah, but it was enough for me to be like, yeah, I'm good. All oh, Popeyes are just. <laughs> it's just like I don't know why. It's just it's just, just going we'll up and down what pipes? They was just like it was like a it was like an assembly line. They were just going in and out, in and out, inside was, of the store, inside of the store. Yeah, <laughs> behind like the fryer or something. Like straight like up yeah. ratatouille. Probably. Yeah, like ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> they cooking that chicken. <laughs> that's a, that's why it tastes so good. Ooh. <laughs> like dang. 
can't. No way in the world. All them chicken was chicken. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my god! Yeah, I mean, that's how many rats was in there. Some of that's rat. <laughs> Someone who felt somebody fell on the grill. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, right. allegedly, right? Allegedly, but still, man. That was, but anyways, uh, yeah, Popeyes is on the bottom of the total boat for me. But that was true. I remember when the, when the, the chicken sandwich was just for a limited time only. And people yes. was going wrong around the block for it, comparing it to Chick Fil A, which I thought was an atrocity. But that's a, that is an atrocity. Like. But either way, I mean, you know, everybody. I felt like everybody and their mama got chicken sandwich in that month. Oh yeah. You know, and if you and if you didn't, get I was it, actually tempted to do it. And I don't eat Popeyes, <laughs> I, but I was tempted. Like honestly, I'm like, okay, let me just see if it actually tastes good. And I don't even know how that even got me because usually I'm like, whatever. You know, when I read this, so you know, when I read this part of the chapter, it makes a lot of sense why a lot of businesses do the for a limited time only, right? Clearance sales and mm-hmm. things of that nature. You know, because if something was forever, I mean, then that means you could just go whenever you want. Yeah. But if you're trying to make money and you're actually trying to generate sales, you want to put a, a you know, a timeline on that, right? Where it's yeah. like, listen, I'm only going to be here for this week. So it's hot right now. Come get it while it's hot. So I, I think that's, I think it's brilliant. Um, and making customers or people in general feel exclusive. Yeah. You know what, actually, like another, one, another yeah. one that I thought about was uh, StockX. I know they've been in the news lately because they're getting sued by Nike for allegedly selling um, <laughs> fake Nike shoes. And StockX, is, their, their claim to fame is that they uh, trade, exclusively trade, um, sh- you know, shoes, uh, basketball shoes, primarily Jordans and things of that nature. I'm not in the shoe game, but I know there's a lot of money in it, right? Yeah. Um, and so they've kind of created this where you send your shoes in and they inspect the shoe and all this stuff and send it back out. And that's what creates this whole market uh, that's supposed to be legit, right? That when people trade shoes that you're getting the real thing. Anyways, um, I mean, there's, there's money just around the idea that the shoe that I'm getting is exclusive. There's only but so many, so many pairs of these shoes in the world. You know, and that's where value comes from. I think that's how NFTs work too, right? There's only but so many NFTs. That's why some NFTs sell so for so high because maybe there is only, you know, two or three of them. It's like know, Bitcoin. Available. There's only what twenty one, something million. Yeah, bitcoins. So for all you entrepreneurs out there that are just getting started and you're trying to sell your products and you can't sell them off the shelf, you might think you might have to think about going and having the sale or figuring out how can I make this so unique that and, and remarkable that I can sell it for just a short time, a short period, and you, you might actually get a good turnout from that. So, um, cool. So now let's let's go ahead and move on to chapter two. Right, talks about triggers. Triggers. And so, uh, why do you want you want to carry on about that? Yeah, I actually skipped ahead a little bit in talking about triggers when mentioning um, sustained word of mouth um, and Philly linking. Yeah, the hundred dollar Philly cheesesteak to Philadelphia. But so, triggers is. Tapping into the genuine enthusiasm of products and services uh, that people find useful, fun, or beautiful. Um, and it's a way to uh, get people talking about your stuff in a sustained manner, not just kind of a one-off. And the, at the top of the chapter, they give an example of Disney World versus Cheerios. There's these two ads. And I think that goes back to um, not necessarily what is interesting gets talked about a lot versus boring. Um, because I think most people would agree Disneyland, or maybe it was Disney World in the book, was one of the two, um, is a, definitely a more interesting thing than Cheerios. But as far as advertising goes, 
it's it's what they found um, had more triggers or cues in it that made people it come to people's forefront of their mind so they could talk about it on a more continual basis. I think the more daily it is, the better. So if it's linked to breakfast, like Cheerios, if you have a link to breakfast, everyone eats breakfast every morning. You know, they talk about it more so uh, on a continual basis. So what am I going to eat for breakfast? Cheerios. Mm-hmm. You did it every day. <coughs> but yeah. not every day people go to Disney World or Disneyland. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Unless, so, I guess, possibly a way if Disneyland or Disney World were to correct whatever ad they have, if they're, like, competing with something that has an everyday utility, is linking it towards something that has everyday utility. I don't know. Like coffee, as we'll talk about more as an I mean, example I, later. But. I wouldn't even say that what Disney did was necessarily a bad idea. I just yeah. think Cheerios definitely beat them on the ad game um, during that season because... Breakfast happens on a regular, much more regular basis than going on vacation. Now, of course, if somebody's thinking about going on vacation, I'm sure a lot of people are triggered to think about Disney World, you know, or you just talked about or when we were off take, but <laughs> the, uh, it's the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. You know, you know, I always wonder, like the Super Bowl you ever wonder why, it. you ever wonder why at, at, at the end of every Super Bowl, they're like, I'm going to Disney World, yeah. you know, it's like there's that, it's they're trying to plant that trigger in your mind, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, which to me is is something that, again, it creates that remarkability to talk about, right? Oh, this is what they talk about every Super Bowl. Why? I don't know, but we know that the, we know that the MVP is going to the Super Bowl. I mean, going to the Disney World. Yeah. So, yeah. Why? Well, I guess you had a question mm-hmm. about. Um, well, there's also another. I think a huge component of this chapter: buzz agents, um, that aids in, in triggers and cues and things of that nature. So essentially, a buzz agent is pretty much a product or service tester um, and it's kind of like market research it's a cross-section of your market or just a cross-section of the American market or whatever market you're in and they test out your products and then they talk about it and uh, I think the prevailing question before this became a, a usable strategy for a lot of companies was would that even work if someone tests out your product would they just naturally want to talk about it and the results are in, and it's yes. So <laughs> earlier in the book, it does make this quote is actually a very interesting statistic. More than 40% of what people talk about is their personal experiences or personal relationships. Half of tweets are me-focused about their own attitudes and experiences. So that's I think, speaks to the algorithm of being a human beings and being human is, yeah, we do tend to talk about our experiences and things we talk about, uh, excuse me, the things we... Uh, our attitudes about different topics and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, a completely viable way to generate uh, buzz, huh, and also you know to catch on, go contagious, go viral. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. How can entrepreneurs employ the same concept? Ah, well, yeah. I mean, going back to product testing is, I think, pretty straightforward. I think it <coughs> kind of just depends on the different sectors. So if you're in music, you have the listening parties. Um, yeah, and we have, I mean, shoot, we have plenty of recent examples of how that's helped people kind of go viral, even though they've already kind of popular. I know Kanye West was one. I know Nerd had one with their last album, and everyone was talking about that. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know why, but I'm, I'm automatically thinking about The Wire and then the testers <laughs> that were put out into the streets, right? The samples, product samples that, yeah. Yeah. that got, got people hooked and then coming wanting to come back for more. Um, and we see that tactic 
you know, with pharmaceutical companies, pharmaceutical companies, right, all the yeah. time, um, and how they, you know, how that happens. I mean, I think that's probably how the opioid uh, epidemic happened. epidemic is, is, is got started in the first place. Allegedly, allegedly, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for all you conspiracy theorists out there. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that you know it's important to go to the people that you're marketing to, right? Your product's marketing to and to give them samples because people are going to remember that positive experience that they had with your product and guess what's going to happen? The I'll value about it. is that they're going to talk about it. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. going to talk about it. Um, and, and that's what you want. You want that because word of mouth spreads and I, and I know people are like, well, they're, I'm, they're not giving me money, more money for this product. Maybe not, but if they had a positive experience, they will talk about it and the more that they talk about it, the more that that word spreads and the more that that word spreads, and the more popular that it gets, right, then the more people are going to actually want to come and buy your product. So, yep. um, yeah, I mean, and, and you, you, Wadi, you talked about listening parties. Uh, and, you know, to me, it's like, you know, what made like Kanye's listening party just so remarkable, so triggering, you know? Oh, you're asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> well, for one, did you see what that brother was wearing? Yeah, so. oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think he had a mask on the whole time and like uh, spikes, shoulder and... shoulder blade spikes. <laughs> yeah. Well, plus he was actually living and sleeping in the stadium. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I think I read that as yeah. well. Yeah. What? Yeah, he stayed there the whole time until the album was finished. Yeah, I think he was making tweaks to the album as the listening party was yeah going on day to day. Yeah. That's crazy. Or the listening event, really. Yeah. But it wasn't no party. I was like, yeah. So the stadium itself was a trigger. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So whenever people, anybody thinks about the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, they're going to think about Dunda. And that Dunda. 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 <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's what's up. That's what's up. All right. So triggers. How do you sustain word of mouth? Amber, what, what, what really stuck out to you in Chapter 2? Yeah, so what stuck out to me about chapter two is around practicality and um, how can you get like an everyday object or an idea to stick, right? When you are thinking of um, another object or idea, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So like those two connecting points, um, when you want one particular item to like stick out, um, you trigger it by something else uh an example would be a campaign that Kit Kat did i believe back in 1997 where it was kind of like going down in um in a favored candy bar um Kit Kat was kind of dying out and so what they decided to do was pair it with something that is what practical right coffee mm-hmm which I need right now, by the way. <laughs> but like Sorry, with coffee, um, again, going back to the cereal, it's like you drink it. I mean, <laughs> you drink the cereal, yes. Yes, you drink you, yeah, at you the, the end. coffee. You, yeah. Yeah, at the end. But you drink coffee every day, right? Just like you eat cereal every day in the morning. So they now connected the coffee with Kit Kat. So what do you do when you're on a break? Coffee breaks, right? And um, they did a study to show that people typically, for whatever reason, eat chocolate, particularly Kit Kats, on a break. So they're like, connected, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. They connected that with coffee. So now people are pairing coffee. Yes, people are pairing coffee 
with Kit Kat, right? That's the association. So practical coffee. Kit Kat, now I want you to remember that. And so we're going to pair it with coffee. So my question for y'all is, what are things that go together and why are they known to go together throughout a period of time? I think we should substitute milk for coffee and, and Cheerios. <laughs> it might work. <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> so you're telling me you would pour on top of your Cheerios. What if it was yeah, honey nut che- what if it was honey nut Cheerios and coffee? Maybe not black coffee, but Oh, that would- it's, that's actually interesting with Sounds some whipped cream disgusting. with kind of <laughs> make it into a, like a tiramisu a tiramisu <laughs> kind of like cereal mm-hmm. concoction I don't know where this conversation mm-hmm. does that make sense <laughs> we're making new pairings right now yeah we're trying to I'll try it <laughs> I'm sorry David yeah. you, asked, you asked a real question <laughs> and I gave a fake answer <laughs> that I'm really gonna try but seriously what are the pairings like what are, what are the two things that go together that kind of now like I mean, Go to, and then Dunkin' Donuts, donuts and coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, now, how has that been triggered over time? Like, I mean, how did that you know, when thing? you think of Dunkin' Donuts, you think about America runs on Dunkin'. America runs on Dunkin'. You think about they sell donuts. You go to Dunkin' Donuts to get donuts and to get some coffee. Now, I know there's a whole debate right now for of what's better, you know, Dunkin' Donuts coffee versus Starbucks coffee. I, I, I don't actually think that's know, a debate. <laughs> I actually know people that enjoy. Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Over you know Starbucks people that coffee. enjoy it. Yes, they prefer Dunkin' Donuts coffee. So maybe I should have gotten Dunkin' Donuts today instead of Starbucks. It's coffee. weaker, so probably not. Oh, not today. Well, the Starbucks coffee still didn't do anything. Yeah, so not today. <laughs> not maybe, today. Maybe next time. Yeah. Well, anyways, <laughs> but that, to answer your question though, donuts and coffee, and that's what sells, and and people go there every day. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's my example. Mine. Um, yeah, I thought of one, and it's actually more of an unintentional one because it wasn't like a marketing campaign or anything like that. I mean, um, if you think back to what was that, nineteen or uh, twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen, when uh, Re- that Rebecca Black song came out, Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday, Friday. Yeah, that was no one. No one planned for that to go as viral as it did. But now, like, I remember so so long. Anytime Friday came up, you just hear people singing that. And people don't even like the song, but you just can't help but sing it because Friday's in your mind, and then that song just, like, I it's so repetitive. Ruined her career. Well, I mean, she wasn't, like, a professional singer. That's the thing. Yeah. Was there a career to ruin? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, if anything, it probably, probably, ha- it probably helped more than it hurt. Well, yeah, yeah the, the, I think the point of that was that the amount of social engagement that song received yeah. for the perceived musical quality of it was pretty astounding. Yeah. Friday happens once a week. And every time it rolled around, yeah. people yep. like, yo, have you and heard the song? Yep. Or Friday. you crank the song yep. laughingly, enjoying the end of your work week or whatever. Yeah. So it sounds like for all those entrepreneurs and those creators out there who are trying to market their product, it's best to associate it with something that happens regularly, Practical. either every day or every week. Something that happens on a, on a regular basis, right? Yeah. Um, Wadi talked about buzz agents right and and making sure that you sample your your product out there right um and and allow people to really figure out um that experience for themselves of the product mm-hmm. right so that's sustaining word of mouth mm-hmm. and then uh chapter one we talked about social currency we talked about i talked about remarkability right i talked about 
um, what makes something remarkable and, and the human desire to be remarkable and uh, how and how hard is it to be remarkable? And we, we kind of touched a little bit on um, the idea that, you know, for something to be novel or to something to be remembered doesn't necessarily mean it's got to be complicated or, or tech savvy, but uh, something that, that actually um, creates and generates that talk around your product that speaks to the desire to be interesting. And then, of course... Uh, Myron touched on scarcity slash ex- exclusivity, um, which, uh, again, it's just that talks, touched on the, the idea of fear of missing out and really getting people to hey, say, hey, well, I can only get this at a certain time. I need to go ahead and, and move my butt to, uh, to purchase this product. So get that McRib. Some entrepreneurial ideas out there for, of course, all our entrepreneurial creatives. And uh, hopefully you guys can employ some of these concepts. Those are the ones that really spoke out to us. I know there was way – there were other – factors in there that chapter one and chapter two dive deep into on and um let us know what you guys enjoy what you guys liked and we would love to uh you know talk more about that on our patreon um and uh reply in the comments let us know what you think hey y'all this is amber president of let love rise foundation incorporated and we have officially launched Check out letloverise.org. If you are a community organization with volunteer needs, go and sign up on our platform to promote all of your volunteer needs. And if you are a volunteer looking for ways to connect to your local community, looking for ways to make a difference, go on letloverise.org to sign up for these volunteer events. I'll see y'all at the next event. Announcements. So, we have our next Patreon drop of our next live performance from With Love exclusive on Patreon. So, if you're not a subscriber, make sure you subscribe to our Patreon to get that exclusive. Subscribe, please. Yes. Um, Again, we want to really be able to generate, uh, you know, some engagement with our folks that are actually reading this book with us. Please, if you have any questions, um, if you want to get to know us more, whatever the case might be, let us know um, on Patreon. Send it, you know, you can get in our DMs at With Love Music and start in there. Slide in the DM. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Message us through the DMs. All right, come on now. Anyways, um, to ask us questions, you know what I'm saying? Anyways. You know, anybody out there, especially to all our entrepreneurial creatives out there, um, it's so important to read. It's so important to to continue to captivate your mind, um, to generate the ideas that you need in order to be successful um, as the next business mogul and, you know, the next creative business mogul. Um, And, of course, last but not least, please don't forget to follow us at With Love Music. Um, And we just actually launched Let Love Rise Foundation. incorporated our handle for that is now let love rise on instagram so make sure you please follow us there as we're building up our followers on that but uh i'm really excited about all that's happening but until next time remember to love god to love people and to do everything with, with love, love.